Welcome to a new episode of The Crowds, the German podcast. This week we're gonna be political, looking at a crazy chapter in German history with a big impact on today's society, Germany in 2019. We will talk about a divided Germany, a peaceful revolution and why mistakes made since the reunification of Germany have created a strong right-wing movement, especially in the East. The whole story basically starts after World War II. Back then, the Allies couldn't agree on one vision for Germany. So they divided it into four zones. A Russian, an American, a British and a French one. And after a few years, they divided it into two countries, East and West Germany. The East was controlled by the Soviet Union and therefore became a communist country, whereas West Germany, controlled by the other three, and especially America, adopted their system, so democracy, capitalism. And economically, the West was way more successful. Supported by financial aid from the United States, especially with the Marshall Plan, West Germany experienced an economic boom called Wirtschaftswunder, or in English, Miracle on the Rhine. This economic success attracted so many people in East Germany and made them move to West Germany that in 1961, the government in the East decided to build a wall between the two countries, a wall that stops people from the East to move to the West. This wall built from one day to another, so there was no warning at all. This wall divided not just Germany, but families, couples, humans for 28 years. You woke up one morning and you couldn't see your wife or your husband anymore or your kids. And in a few places, this wall just went through a town. Tanbach in Bavaria is one example. Or, of course, Berlin. Berlin was so important that the West didn't want to give it up. So they kept one half of the city, West Berlin which was surrounded not just by East Berlin, but by East Germany. So going there from West Germany to West Berlin meant that you had to go through East Germany. But today we focus more on people who wanted to go the other way around, from the East to the West. There have been very creative, super dangerous ways in which people try to get on the other side of the wall. They knew that they were at risk of getting shot immediately if someone found them doing it. So they tried to hide themselves in super small hidden shelves and trucks of cars which were allowed to pass the border. They tried to fly over the wall on ropes or even with hot air balloons, always at risk to get shot because that was the policy. It's crazy to imagine, but 30 years ago, 30 years ago, if you stood next to one of the main sides of Berlin and in Germany in general, the Brandenburg Gate, you would have been shot immediately, 30 years ago. It's the same as if you got shot just because you were at the Times Square or the Eiffel Tower or the Chinese Wall. The reason for that, the Brandenburg Gate was in the so-called Death Strip, so between the West and the East. The whole history of divided Germany is a crazy one. There are so many unbelievable stories that happened between the two countries. So much spying going on on both sides. It always was a competition, which one is the better Germany? And this episode doesn't want to touch or judge that too much. If you're interested in this absurd fight between the two countries, I can recommend the brilliant series Deutschland 83. Season 2 is called Deutschland 86. What I want to do in this episode is to continue telling the story of the people in the East. From one day to another, they were locked in their own country. Traveling to any place in the world was not possible. Holidays limited to a few sister states in East Europe. There was basically just one party to vote for. Also, if you wanted your kids to study, you had to become a party member or at least support the government. Otherwise, no chance. Every citizen in East Germany was at risk to be spied on. The intelligence service, nicknamed Stasi, 
spied on almost everyone, forced people to spy on friends and family members if they, for example, wanted their kids to have a career. Some relationships were arranged in order to spy at someone. There were people who read their state security files after the end of East Germany and had to realize that their partner, the love of their life, had never really loved them but was just sent by the government and reported every single step in the relationship to the Stasi. There was no freedom of expression, no freedom to travel, no free press, no chance to criticize the government. So there was a lot going wrong in East Germany, all in order to keep the country going. The intentions were, were good, like to create a country in which everyone is equal, no one has to be poor or without a job. There were just two big problems. In order to achieve that, the government, or slash intelligence service, ignored basic human rights. And it didn't work out economically. So at some point, East Germany was broke. People didn't know that. People just knew that they had to play by the rules of the government, or they would get in real trouble. However, although they were suppressed, they started fighting against that, fighting for more rights and democracy, more freedom. And the most impressive thing is they fought this fight peacefully. A movement arised, more and more people joined the protest, and in November 1989 this peaceful revolution was successful. The government opened the border to the West. The wall fell. A moment a lot of people in the East could be incredibly proud of. They, the people, had peacefully forced an autocratic regime to change its policy. Imagine how powerful they must have felt, like how powerful and proud. However, it needs to be said that their intention was not a reunification of Germany. They wanted their own country to become more open, more democratic. And one aspect of that was the fall of the wall. However, what happened was the reunification of Germany within not even a year. Suddenly there was a chance to reunite a country that never wanted to be divided. There was forced by the Allies, so this chance was taken. But there was one big issue. Since the West was very powerful and successful and the East was not, it was not the merge of East and West Germany. The West basically took over the East and the East had to accept the rules of the West. That had a big impact on the self-esteem of the people in the East. The people who had started this peaceful revolution that led to the reunification, they felt like... Like a bit like second-class citizens, not taken seriously, not seen as valuable or feeling really appreciated. Even nowadays, people still refer to the states in West Germany as the old states and the ones in the East as new states, as if they were added to real Germany later, rather than there was a reunification of two Germanys. So whereas these two countries were politically, legally merged, politicians forgot to unite the people. And since the economy in the West was way stronger, a lot of companies in the East were not able to compete and had to shut down. Especially young, qualified people moved to the West, leaving the East with older or less educated people, in a way. All of that created a lot of frustration. And often this frustration turned into racism. In the early 1990s, so in the years after reunification, there were quite a few shocking attacks on foreigners in the East. Accommodations of asylum seekers were set on fire. That eventually got better over the years, or at least less visible. The whole time, however, there have been neo-Nazis everywhere in Germany, but especially in the East. A terror group called NSU killed over a time of a decade foreigners around the country. But the problem nowadays is way bigger than just these Nazis. It's the average person in the East that still doesn't feel equally valued, appreciated. 
there have been a lot of investments in the East. Everyone in Germany had to pay taxes to build up the East again. And for my generation, there is just one Germany. For most of the people who grew up with two Germanys, however, there is still a wall existing in their minds. People earn still less in the East. The economy is less strong and the frustration is still there. So people who got locked in their own country, who missed basic human rights, people who got themselves out of this awful situation with a peaceful revolution, people who had to see that their country was taken over by West Germany, people who had to suffer a lot since then, these people are frustrated with their life and in general. And once again, this frustration turns into racism, xenophobia. You have similar situations in many Western countries, in the States, in the UK, in France, especially older people who don't have the feeling that their efforts in life are valued enough, who always have worked hard or wanted to work and now don't have that much. In this situation, you want to blame someone for your miserable situation. And migrants, refugees are easy to blame. In Germany, the situation got especially heated since 2015, when Germany took around a million refugees coming from war zones in Syria, Afghanistan, some countries in Africa. Before that, there were already protests, the most famous one every Monday in the city of Dresden in East Germany, called Pegida, patriotic Europeans, actually patriotic Germans, protesting against Muslims, migrants, the end of the Western world, whatever. And these protests got even bigger when Angela Merkel decided to allow refugees to come to Germany. Since then, you often hear people say, Germany is taking everyone. And these Germans don't say it with pride, what you could maybe expect, considering that Germany has been one of the countries that has shown the most humanity. One fact at this point. Of course, Germany is not taking everyone. In the past years, the number of refugees seeking asylum in Germany has constantly been below 200,000, which is what Angela Merkel's very conservative sister party in Bavaria has always demanded. And it's not that there are less refugees on the planet, it's just way harder for them to come to Germany. And one of the reasons for that is that Angela Merkel and the EU have made dirty deals with northern African countries, with dictators in Africa, and especially with Turkey. Money for refugees. We give you money if you stop refugees from entering Europe. Also, from the 1 million refugees we allowed to enter Germany uh, in 2015, 400,000 of them have already found work or apprenticeships. In many companies, they are a valuable part of the company and still Germany tries to send as many of them back as possible. So the fear of the far right that Germany is going to be overrun by all the refugees is not based on facts, but on emotions, on their frustration. And this frustration is also the reason why a lot of people in Germany vote for the AFD, the Alternative for Germany, our far-right party. They gained 13% of the votes in the last general election, which was shocking for the 87% of the other voters in the country. Polls show that many AFD voters just wanted to show the main parties that they are not happy. Don't get me wrong, you can't justify your vote for the AFD with your frustration. Everyone who votes for the AFD knows by now what they are voting for. A far-right party which is racist, sexist, homophobic, which spreads hate against Muslims and immigrants, which has some members who deny Holocaust or would approve shooting on refugees on the border if you can't stop them in any other way. One of their biggest figures, a guy called Höcke, has a lot of quotes Adolf Hitler would be proud of. He called the Holocaust Memorial in Berlin a memorial of shame, not in a positive way. He wants Germany to stop remembering the bad parts of German history and his party wants Germans to be proud of what our soldiers, our army did in World War II. One thing that has to be said, the AFD gets 
at least 10% in every state in Germany. There are far-right people in the West as well as in the East. But if people wonder, why is there xenophobia, racism in Germany again? Why is the far-right especially strong in East Germany? There are reasons for that. And some go, as we found out today, way back in time. If you imagine a person who went through all of that, a divided Germany, a country where you are not free and lack basic human rights, a peaceful revolution that ends up in a takeover by another country, a weak economic situation since. This is the life story of a lot of people in East Germany. And that maybe explains the rise of the right wing in that area. However, of course, it doesn't justify it. Let's just be constructive at the end of this episode. What needs to be changed? What needs to be improved? There are good news and bad news. This year, there are going to be three big state elections in former East Germany. So all parties will come up with ideas how to satisfy the people living in these states. There will be a lot of debates about this area and about its people. The bad news after the election, this won't last long. So it will need more time until East and West Germany become one country in which everyone feels equally valued and has the same chances. There have been some really good first steps due to the investments. Many cities in the East have become attractive student cities, so a lot of young people move there. Especially a city like Leipzig is said to be the next hyped city, the next new Berlin. And there's a lot of potential, so there is hope. However, people in East Germany still need to raise their voice once again to fight for their rights and opportunities. And that's their part, their role, their chance. Take the opportunities rather than just being frustrated. So there is still a lot to do. But we can take this whole story as a good example, as an inspiration to think about what society do we want to live in and how do we want the people in this society to feel. How can we create a society in which everyone feels valued and appreciated and has the opportunities to be their best? Because this story, especially the peaceful revolution, has also shown the potential people have. That was today's episode of The Crowds, the German podcast. See you next Thursday for a new one. Have a great week.